if you cut to the chase, what's the whole point of it all? Tell me right now on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey friends, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching Inverse and we are looking at the book of Hebrews, one of the most enigmatic letters of the New Testament, but full of juice and healthy stuff for us, especially for our spirituality. We're here in this <laughs> studio with Callie, Sebastian and, and Jonathan and we uh, spent one week last week talking about the context of which Hebrews was talk, uh, written in. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's, it's, it's important to know the context mm-hmm. and very, very, very applicable to our current day and age. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go, we're kind of working backwards here, yeah? We're not going through chapter one, two, three, four, we're kind of going to backwards. What's the point of it? And then looking back at the details. And we're going to just do aerial scans of, of Hebrews in this episode and looking at what's the point? Tell me the message of Hebrews. I can just watch this one episode and not watch the rest. No, keep watching. Keep, keep, keep watching. <laughs> watch everything. Uh, but we want to get to the main point. So, Callie, if you can uh, pray for us and then we'll read the text afterwards. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of this uh, book of the Bible. We thank you for what you've already taught us, and we thank you for the message you have put here. May we see it clearly. May we see it how it applies to our life, not just to store in our minds, but that we may see you more clearly and see your love for us better. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8, verse uh, 1 through 6. And Sebastian, can you pray for, uh, can you read that for us? You might tack on some more at the end. (laughs) Sure. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not men. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Oh, thank you, Sebastian. We really want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and download our Bible study guide, especially on the book of Hebrews, and also go to hopetv.org <laughs> inverse, and you can look at past episodes. Especially, we encourage you to go to the last episode to get great context. Now, if you don't have time, you can put us on pause, and if you can't pause us, we're going to ask Jonathan this question. What do we talk about <laughs> in episode one? Uh, because I think it was, it's great. It was, it was some great juiciness there. Uh, what was the context of Hebrews? Yeah. Hebrews, uh, you know, we believe was written by Paul to uh, the believers during a time between 45 and 70 AD. So this is about, you know, we don't know exactly when, but probably around, you know, 15 to 30 years after Jesus went to heaven. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, they went for explosive, explosive growth in, you know, the book of Acts and, and then Paul, you know, preached all over the world and 
there's just so many believers. And, but then persecution takes place, mm. and these believers are going through challenging times. Then you have new generations of believers who never saw Jesus. And so Paul is now speaking to them, trying to encourage them, to remind them that Jesus, the one that they believe in, uh, is truly the Messiah. He really is the one that, you know, it was not just, you know, a one thing that, oh, it sounded really good. And it, he really is the one. Mm. And so, you know, the book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews. So that mm. the Hebrews were the ones who, you know, <laughs> for thousand, over a thousand years <laughs> um, were holding on to the, or to the oracles, to, to the truths that God has revealed to them about the coming Messiah. And now Paul is saying, yes, he really is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so he was reminding them of this importance uh, and what that means for their lives. And that they should hold on and endure during this time of persecution, endure and, you know, just a little longer. He has promises for us. He's going to come back. Mm -hmm. He's reminding them of these beautiful truths. And the book of Hebrews is theologically very rich, mm -hmm. but it is not just for us to theorize about. It is very practical because this rich theology leads to the point of where you decide, um, I'm going to apply this in my life. I'm going to believe it. Jesus really is my brother, my mediator, yeah, my high priest. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Jonathan. This is, this is good overview. Uh, and this gives us a great direction for the next upcoming 10 mm -hmm. weeks or so to attack each chapter chapter one by one yeah. and to really understand this. Uh, there's something about persecution and strife and, and hardship and trial when it's short term or when it's punctiliar, mm -hmm. uh, you can just overcome it, right? Or you, you, you experience, you know, fear, anxiety, anger in that moment. Mm -hmm. But there's something different when it's long term. Yes. And we spent mm -hmm. long term talking about pandemic or uh, especially as uh, Christians who believe they're living the last days about waiting for Jesus' second coming, right? Mm -hmm. this, this long term waiting, that's another form of, of of, of hardship in a sense of indifference, malaise, mm -hmm. of bitterness, not caring kicking in, and right. a, a different temptation altogether. Well, let me um, open it up. When, let me ask uh, Callie and Sebastian, when you guys see, when you think of the book of Hebrews, what's immediately the first thing that comes to mind? Maybe some people it's coffee, like Hebrews or tea. And But, but let's talk about <laughs> from, a, from a biblical perspective. What's the first thing that, that pops up? I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind is like a, a detailed breakdown of okay. who Jesus is yes. and because we, we say a lot of things that are absolutely true that you know Jesus is our Lord he's our Savior and other places though it just leaves it at that mm. but here's kind of like let me really explain to you mm. what Jesus did mm. and even though we, we've kind of said that Hebrews isn't just a theological book and I agree that it isn't there's lots of practical beauty there but it is kind of lofty in certain places mm -hmm. and very theological and very framework centric mm -hmm. of this is kind of the full picture so to me it's it's an expansion on when we say, yeah, Jesus saved you, Jesus did this for you, Jesus this way, this is like, let me really explain it to you mm -hmm. in all these different angles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Special. Yeah, I think when I, when I look at the book of Hebrews, I see it as, you know, Jesus is kind of this center figure and we're looking at different dimensions of who he is mm -hmm. from being a human being like me from being greater than the angels, right, in chapter one, to being a better high priest, a better mediator, a better king, like all these different things. It's essentially that Jesus is a better version of everything mm -hmm. that yeah. you as a Hebrew look back in your tradition to see. That really is the theme, isn't it? Better or more than yeah, or comparison, absolutely. greater than exactly. and more than. Uh, and it's very it's very systematic, yeah? Mm -hmm. Chapter one, yeah. Jesus is better than the angels. Chapter two, he's better than, than human beings. Better yeah. three, better than Moses, better than Joshua, better than the high priest, better than Melchizedek, better than 
than Levite, right. who was a Melchizedek, yeah. then better than all the earthly, like better, 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 better. Mm -hmm. uh, really encourage you to, if you have your Bible, and then and, and, uh, when you're not watching Inverse, uh, to take a highlighter and go through every time where the Bible says better or more than highlight, and you find mm -hmm. yourself just all throughout the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. yep. um, what, are, what, what is the main um, point of Hebrews? And this is the, where our, our, our text yeah. starts off with. Chapter 8, verse 1. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. <laughs> Here you awesome? go. I love it. The conclusion yeah. is right there. Uh, <laughs> but it's good also to study 1 through 7 as well. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, yes. a minister of the sanctuary and the true tabernacle. Okay, we just read that. Well, what is <laughs> yeah. this talking about? Mm. So what are we at? It's kind of lofty, as, as Callie says, yes. So it's essentially trying to establish that everything we've been saying from the first seven chapters is to establish this reality. Yes. Okay. That Christ is the high priest okay. of a sanctuary that was not built by Hebrews, right? Solomon or Moses or anybody else rebuilding Herod's temple, but he is a minister of the true tabernacle, which is found in heaven. And his ministry is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so this establishes that we've taken this thing from an earthly shadow to a heavenly reality. Mm -hmm. And we're just establishing that this is what we have in Jesus, yes. and, and this is who he is and what he's doing. Okay. Jonathan. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, I remember uh, I got once one of those, you know, fighter jet models. Do you remember those that you can build yourself with glue and there's like tiny, tiny jets? I we can imagine them with you. I don't yeah, yeah, you imagine. I and I remember them. building those and, and you know, <laughs> I, was, I liked it. It was fascinating. Yes. It looked cool and it was fun. But it is nothing compared to seeing a real airplane, mm. real fighter jet, right? Correct. In the same way, uh, in, the, in a similar way, not the same way, uh, <laughs> the Hebrews for 1,500 years had the, you know, the, the sanctuary system as a model, as a 3D model illustration of what's really going on in heaven. And so Paul is now saying, you know, what's the main point? The main point is that, yes, this modeling we had was good, <laughs> but the, it's based on what's really going out there. And Jesus, the one who I've established over the last couple of chapters, is the Son of God, our Savior. Mm -hmm. He is our high priest. In other words, we have a need for a high priest, number two, number one, number two, uh, we need someone to minister uh, on our behalf. So we, he is really the one that fills that role and fulfills that model that we had, that, that pattern, uh, and he, he is the true, the real deal, right? And so uh, we see that he is, as a high priest, you know, there's a lot we could unpack there, what does it mean, what does he do? Uh, but he's uh, the minister of the sanctuary, of the true tabernacle that the Lord erected, not man. Um, this to a Hebrew thinker, you know, this 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 triggered a lot of richness in theology because then they're logging in to the sanctuary thinking like okay what what is the sanctuary really all about and then he's saying Jesus fulfills all of that everything that you you know your entire economy is based on the sanctuary system your entire sal salvation experience is based on this you know for so many hundreds of years mm -hmm. and he's saying all of that is now in Jesus mm -hmm. and that's that's good news that's powerful news mm. amen powerful powerful Sebastian you know I was gonna say for a Jew a Hebrew reading this, I can also imagine the fact that they are connecting an enormous amount of major areas of their life, mm -hmm. right? You have the concept of a high priest, the concept of the sanctuary, mm -hmm. the concept of an offering, the concept of a covenant yep. and promises, right? And it's like, yep, Jesus is basically connected to all of these things. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, the tabernacle, all of those things that we've already mentioned. And so it's almost as if the writer is trying to get them to see that they're there is only 
one thread that ties all these experiences together in which mm -hmm. one Jew may focus on. Everything's about the covenant, mm -hmm. or everything's about the sacrifice, mm -hmm. or everything's about the sanctuary, mm -hmm. or everything's about the high priest. Who's the high priest? As we see in Christ's day, right? We knew his name in the gospels as mm -hmm. Caiaphas. It was understood, and that was a notable position. But you can emphasize one aspect over another, mm -hmm. but here he's connecting them all through the specific ministry of Christ of what he's trying to establish. Right. Okay, uh, I mean, let me just roll back a little bit. So you've talked about, I mean, we're trying to get not to get lofty, but we are already getting lofty. Jesus is yeah. high in the heavens, in the sanctuary. Right. I got a lot of questions that maybe out there, out there people, they may have, like, why why is Jesus in the sanctuary? Why why is he in the heavens? And all that stuff happening up there, what does that have to do with me down here? Okay, mm -hmm. so we got help us make some connections on that level. Maybe from a very practical standpoint of the Hebrews at their time. Yes. You know, this is, as I mentioned earlier, probably, you know, mid-first century sometime. Mm-hmm. To the believers, the sanctuary, even though it was really important for hundreds of years, you know, when Jesus died, the, the curtain ripped apart, they knew about that, like, they realized a change has taken place, you know, some of them had to flee Jerusalem, they didn't have a chance to, you know, worship like that anymore, and they're realizing we don't, you know, Jesus fulfilled us, all these things, Paul is reminding them, you know, you might not have this anymore, but we have something better, mm -hmm. and that's Jesus Christ. So on a very practical basis, he's saying, you're not on your own. J Jesus, he's still with us. He's still with us, still and with he us. is our high priest in heaven. You don't need the high priest in Jerusalem. Okay, hold that thought, Jonathan. We're going to take a break right now. So when we come back, we're going to look at what does Jesus doing up in heaven, and what do we still have to look forward to? Mm -hmm. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, and talking about these lofty theological expressions and beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. verses in Scripture. But how does that impact us in today and with Jesus in heaven? Awesome. Uh, this is a Jesus in heaven is something that too often we Christians don't often dwell enough about. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Jesus ascended to heaven. A great question that the majority of Christianity has has is why. Right. And if he's and there, he then what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Correct. And, and it's very clear from this chapter. So Sebastian, uh, share it with us a little bit more. So I think the one of the practical pieces that's often missed is because we don't understand the role of the high priest yes. on behalf of the believers, we don't appreciate what he's saying. Okay. We we typically look at the Old Testament as, you know, foregone stuff that's like, yeah, we don't need that anymore. We Old have the stuff. Lamb. He's Christ. Yeah. It's great. He died for us. But understanding that the high priest's position represents a rift between me and God. And the fact that there is a high priest gives me an opportunity that I have an advocate mm -hmm. that is there bringing my name to God, mm -hmm. in which I can't go to heaven, mm -hmm. I can't appear in His presence. Mm -hmm. So people may say, well, what does that have to do with me on an everyday basis? This is how you know your prayers will be answered, mm -hmm. because you have a high priest who's carrying mm -hmm. those prayers into the presence of God. Mm -hmm. This is how you know that when you claim the promises of God, and when you're needing support, as you know He'll deal with in chapter 4, to carry you through temptations here to be faithful, you have a high priest who's yes. advocating when you fail and when you make mistakes and when you cross boundaries with your girlfriend or your boyfriend or when you lie on that test and you're like, Lord, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. That possibility of restoring that relationship is possible because he is there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he is eternal 
and he lasts and he persists. Mm -hmm. Unlike other priests, this is what makes this amazing for you. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to be like, man, we had a great, you know, we think about the presidency, like, oh, it was great when we had this president, right? But it was terrible when we had that president. And the difference with this high priest is he's not going to die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're always going to have a great president. Right? It's very interesting that, that, that here this high priest is also on the throne. Mm. So these yes. two motifs of high priest <laughs> and king, yep. which are their, their two figures that they leaned on for any, whether it's military or spiritual or economic or whatever whatever category, yeah. these two are your uh, people are going to bail you out. Yes. And here these two figures have been now uh, merged. merged into this one figure of Jesus mm -hmm. and now he's upstairs working on our behalf. That, 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 that should provide uh, the ultimate hope. Yeah. Yes. Callie and then Jonathan. Yeah, I think uh, two things here. One is just that, yeah, that mediation and that you don't require another human. Mm. You talk to that human, that human talks to Jesus, Jesus talks to God and we're mm. good. Yep. It's, you just, you talk to God and Jesus takes that for you. Jesus is the intercessor. We he don't is the intercessor. We don't need an intercessory system. In exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even just talking about religious systems that hold to that idea. Mm. But I know, you know, I have loved ones who sometimes will say, you know, Callie, will you pray, you for, pray me? for me? Because I, and they, sometimes they don't say it directly, right. but they're kind of implying like, I think you're tighter with God. So like, he'll hear God you more. God doesn't hear my prayer. Yeah. Or like you read your Bible more or, mm. you know, whatever it is. But it's like, all of that is unbiblical. Mm. We all have the access to the same God through the same intercessor, mm -hmm. which is Jesus Christ. Bloom. So don't ever ask Callie to pray for you. <laughs> I'm not praying for you anymore. <laughs> you pray for yourself. Is that, is that what you're saying? No, no, I'll still pray no. for you. Okay. As long as for pray the right reasons. I'll pray to couple with your prayers, Good. not to bolster an idea Amen. that's Amen. false. And by the way, we um, thank you for your emails and your messages that we do pray for you. We get all your messages and we do either Siku or I or the team. We do pray for you and we, 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 we appreciate those prayer requests. Yeah. We're going to be praying for each other. Pray for us as well. Yeah. But continuing along, I just want to throw uh, it in there. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And the other point is, I think we've kind of said it, but I just want to say it maybe a little bit louder, mm. is that the high priest is the same one who intercedes and is telling the truth about something, meaning like there's He's responsible for the standard in a sense, mm -hmm. but he's also the one who took the punishment for us. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea, again, we didn't, you know, you and I, and um, people listening to this uh, episode, did not live back in this time, but I could imagine being like terrified of the high priest when I was a little kid. Like he's mm. the one who talks to God about my sins. Mm. <laughs> like he's the one who tells on me. Mm. <laughs> and it's, and you kind of get lost in the intercessory part and just the, I'm gonna tell on you part. <laughs> And but that's Jesus, as we've discussed, Jesus isn't just the high priest. He's intercessor, he's the king, he's the Lord, the Savior, he's a sacrifice, he's everything in one. And he is the one who's interceding. Yes. He's the one who knows everything, but the one who dealt with it all yes. on your behalf. He's the victim of, of, of the, the consequences of sin with us. Yeah. And then became that the person bridge. Yeah, yes, yeah and, that, and that's the one that's the one you're talking yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I just want to add to that and encourage you know us and the viewers uh, to to study really to to fully appreciate the book of Hebrews. You have to spend time in the Old Testament, in the book of you know Leviticus, in the book of Exodus, mm -hmm. and really learning about the sanctuary system, how it works, uh, what the different aspects are, why? Because those were not just given to like give the Jews something to do to you know <laughs> kind of know what the, what the sin be is occupied. Gonna, yeah, exactly. No, God was actually giving the blueprint of salvation, the blueprint of what he was going to do in the future through Jesus in every aspect of the sanctuary system. Okay, it's not just about the lamb. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes, everything is about Jesus, but it's not just about the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Jesus came 
on earth. He lived amongst us a perfect life. He died on the cross, yes. And that's where a lot of Christians stop. stop. Yeah, they don't realize the you are really missing out on the second half of his that's right. ministry. I, really, it's, it's three things that he does. But you know, you have the sacrifice, you have the intercession, and then you have the judgment as well. Mm -hmm. All of that is found in the sanctuary system. So what, what Paul is saying here, like Jesus fulfills the high priestly ministry. He's interceding as we heard, but he also has a role as, in the judgment. Uh, and, and the beautiful thing is, he is the one that represents us in the judgment and makes sure that we are safe in the judgments. But you see that in the Day of Atonement. If you want to study it, Leviticus 16 and other places as well, uh, you'll find a lot of insight that really make the book of Hebrews, you know, shine with much more light than just, okay, yeah, Jesus is up there. He's nice mm, to me. Nice. No, like he has, he has an important work and uh, it goes beyond, and don't misunderstand me now, it goes beyond the cross. The cross is kind of like the key that unlocks everything and makes everything possible. Mm -hmm. But the benefits of the cross are applied in the high priestly ministry. And if you want to understand that, please study, you know, the book of Leviticus. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to all those components. Uh, Sebastian? Yes, I was, I was just going to mention, you know, with Jesus being seated, he's seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the mm -hmm. heavens. Okay. It, and establishing that kingship, I think yeah. this is also an important dynamic as we're harping a lot on the sanctuary, but to also talk about the fact that Jesus is yes. king yes. and the ruler. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes me back to the first Bible study I ever had before I was baptized was with a woman who had an addiction and ended up losing custody of her children in that process. Mm -hmm. And my, my elder was like, hey, why don't you join me for this Bible study? And so I'm giving her Bible studies. And my favorite Bible study, you know, is Daniel chapter two, because I feel like that's the thing that inspired me to believe in the word of God, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and God laying out history. So as I'm laying this out to her, you know, she becomes inspired and it was amazing to see the word of God bringing this transformation to her. And I recall, you know, the um, fourth week as we're waiting to get to this Bible study, she calls me and she says, Sebastian, I messed up. And she ended up getting with some friends and ended up offering her some drugs. She backslid, whatever. And she was calling me because she was right now on the phone with, you know, something tied around her neck. And she was like, what's the point, right? I'm never going to get my kids back and she's going to take her life. Uh. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, I'm like a baby, baby Christian, like infant, fresh out the womb. They just cut the umbilical cord, <laughs> right? I'm not even baptized. And I'm trying to find ways to encourage her, right, that there is a way of hope through this situation. Mm. And I think when you know that you have a friend in a high place, for her, the judge was against her, the probation officer was against her, mm. like the DA was against her, her kids were like, no, my mom did this and this, they don't forget the history. And you feel like you have no friend in any sort of position of power. Mm. Even your little Bible study guy, like that's great, he's encouraging, but you're like, you can't change my situation. But knowing that Jesus as a human being, flesh and blood, who, had a job, right, as a carpenter, right, who walked places everywhere, who got a ride, who needed friends, who asked people to pray with him. He's sitting there at the very highest position, like Joseph in Egypt. And knowing that he loves you, he gave his life for you, and he has all power, yeah. he said to the disciples, is given unto me in heaven and earth. And to know in that moment that if I was able to take Hebrews 8 and say, this is the message you need right now, mm -hmm. where you're thinking about taking your life and saying, what's the point of going on because you don't see a way through, mm. Jesus seated at the right hand tells you that he has a thousand ways of which you don't know one mm -hmm. to get you through this situation. And he has the authority and the power to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. Wow.
Here, uh, this this is a very very um very powerful uh, message. Very very powerful insight. Let me ask you: Do you guys have examples of of these testimony of uh, testimonies of of real time? Uh, or, or God, or Jesus on the throne in heaven as high priest mm-hmm. has, has worked in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to say that this is what Hebrews talks about. This is what another thing that Jesus accomplished mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But right now, even as we're saying this on this TV show or on this mm-hmm. podcast or however you guys are enjoying this show, like Jesus is upstairs right now. Mm-hmm. And we pray to him as a friend who was... Uh, are, are, are the Lamb of God. Right. And as we talk to Him, what does that, what does that mm-hmm. dynamic look like now on this side? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that Jesus is, you know, my high priest, the one who intercedes for me, of course, salvation is, is a big deal. I, I, all of us have experienced that, that initial surrender to God and then the continual experience of forgiveness and transformation. And I'm, I don't want to downplay that because that is really, I mean, this is the core. And it's beautiful and it's real and I can testify to its reality. Yeah. And that Jesus is for us. He's our Emmanuel. He's, he's on our side. He's a, a brother. But then he's also king, gives me the assurance that I don't have to be fearful. You know, we went through a pandemic. There was definitely the emotion of fear and anxiety and those kind of things and depression, all that stuff. But then again, Jesus is king. And while my, maybe my emotions sometimes mess with me, I can still by faith claim that and believe it. And I have, not just during the pandemic, but in other situations where, where fear would be the appropriate or, or standard response from a human perspective, I can know Jesus is king. I can walk through this valley of the shadow of death and know that he is king. So I know I'm very theoretical here, but I have, I've seen this in my life yeah. in situations where I would not know what was going to happen next or I was fearful for you know what people are going to say or think or do to me. And knowing that Jesus is king and it's all powerful, all authority is given unto him, um, gives you an assurance as a believer, he's up there. And this is, I think, what Paul was trying to say. Okay. It's like, he's up there, he's with me, he's okay. for me. Okay, assurance, mm-hmm. okay. Anything else? I think for me personally in my life, you know, when I became a Christian and, and wanted to confront things in my past and worried about certain weaknesses I saw in my own life, that was a big challenge, mm. right, for me, was to be able to overcome my past, mm. to overcome my mistakes before, and to recognize that I'm mm. not that same person. Mm-hmm. And it, it took situations of me overcoming certain temptations of practices that I had in the past where Christ helped me to overcome, you know, tendencies towards watching pornography or tendencies towards consuming certain types of content or treating certain people that way. And to see that I went from not being able to resist this habit to overcoming it through the power so of he still is working today Absolutely. he gives us assurance Absolutely. he gives us power and our natural reaction to all this should be complete submission and obedience amen that's our prayer hopefully that's yours to acknowledge jesus as king and high priest today in your life thanks for joining us we'll see you next week here in inverse
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.